This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Age of Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again. Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and as always, joining me, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. You ready to do this? Yes, sir. It is my favorite episode, NFL Talk. Oh, yes. Let's do it. I'm ready to dive in. So, first off, news broke Monday that the New York Jets traded away quarterback Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a six-round pick in this year's draft and a second and fourth-round pick in the 2020 draft. This makes it a foregone conclusion that the Jets will draft a quarterback with the number two overall pick in the draft. All signs currently point to the team drafting quarterback Zach Wilson from BYU. As for Carolina, it will be interesting to see what they do with Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, who is the incumbent starting quarterback. Rumors were that the Panthers were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, but the Texans hesitated to trade him, and also legal issues the Panthers brass moved on and probably did themselves a favor in what they had to give up acquiring Darnold. So Cooper, your thoughts on the Panthers and Jets trade of Sam Darnold. I like this. I like this trade, dude. Um, it kind of brings new life to the Panthers, and uh, you know, I I don't see Teddy Bridgewater uh, starting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he does, and Sam sits behind him, mm-hmm. maybe a year or so. But I I don't know. I don't see it. Maybe maybe they trade Teddy, right? You know, for a future pick or something. Mm-hmm. So I I really do think that this makes the Panthers. A little bit more uh, relevant, yeah, and give Sam Darnold an actual chance. Yes, it does. So, uh, yeah, Carolina's kind of went into the obscure level of relevancy, obviously because Tom Brady and the Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl and they ran it back. The New Orleans Saints are still going to be an interesting thought because, well, da da da, they still got to figure out who their quarterback is post Drew Brees. Yeah, so they got a QB battle going out. 
Then Atlanta, even though, yes, Atlanta didn't have that great of a season, does have the fourth overall pick. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with them, whether they decide to draft a quarterback at four, move out of the four spot, and stick with Matt Ryan again still for two years. Or it's They're, they're at least intriguing on what their plan is moving forward. Carolina was kind of like, uh, what are we doing? So this makes them relevant now within their division. And, of course, in the nation view of the NFL. Definitely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, man, I'm excited to see what what goes what goes on with it because uh, you know me when we were younger, I was I was a big Panthers fan. I actually I loved the Panthers back in the day when I had Dan Morgan and all that and mm-hmm. and uh, and Chris Winkie and right. You know, I was I was all about it, even so. into the Jake DeLome years and yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was actually uh, then he started wavering on who he liked and then I made him. Pick a team and the coin of destiny made him a Steelers fan. <laughs> well, I mean, I picked the Steelers too because I did grow up watching the Steelers. My my dad, mm-hmm. a big Steelers fan, dude, and a big Oakland Raiders fan too. So it was, it's kind of for me like I was trying to find my own team, my own way. I went with, you know, the Panthers there for a while because I was a big Chris Winkie fan. Um,. You know, he, he he did his career in uh, Florida State. And, you know, I, I, I watched him. And then I, I thought it was cool that he was, like, the oldest rookie ever type thing. Right. So, I mean. And then he actually came in and made, made the Panthers a little bit relevant. So. Right. He I did. thought it was cool. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, still speaking with Carolina, they now in turn have told Teddy Bridgewater to have his agent reach out to teams on a potential trade. There are quite a few teams who could use Bridgewater not only as a potentially their starting quarterback, but even their backup. New England is a team that comes to mind right off the bat, unless their plan is to take a quarterback at 15 overall. Uh, a bit surprised the Jet myself though that the Jets didn't want Bridgewater in return to allow their young quarterback to sit for a bit and learn the offense. Trevor Lawrence is by far the only quarterback in this draft that I would start immediately if I were the head coach of an organization. Every other quarterback projected to go in the first round needs to sit and learn. Denver is a team I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't make a play for Bridgewater and they feel a quarterback they would want would not fall to them at the ninth pick or if they don't aren't able to trade up into the top five to get that quarterback. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I know Broncos, they haven't had a quarterback and God knows how long. Basically, since Peyton Manning retired. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's other teams we can rattle off a whole bunch like we did before when we were talking about Tua and his trade value. Um, obviously, that's not going to be the case with the Miami Dolphins making the moves they've made. Um, you know, of course, they could trade down again if um, one of those top four quarterbacks falls down to six and Denver wants to move up. They could swap back, go to ninth, and. Probably pick up more trade <laughs> capital with Denver, um, but I mean, there's like there's other teams too we could talk about that would really benefit from having Teddy Bridgewater even as their backup. He's not making a whole lot of money. Where it wouldn't be like, oh my God, we're making paying him too much money to be our backup. So it wouldn't be a problem for him to be moved to a team that maybe has a guy already entrenched, but maybe it's not too um, too long. Um, to being with the team, i.e., well, I would say Tampa, but I don't think Carolina would trade him within the division. <laughs> yeah. So, 
All right, so the uh, allegations now have reached 22 against Watson. It was also noted this past week that the Houston Police Department is now investigating the situation and both sides plan to fully cooperate with the uh, HPD. The ongoing saga does not seem to have an end in sight as of now and continues to be a hindrance on both the Houston Texans organization and their disgruntled star quarterback, Watson. As before, until the proper information comes out to the public, we here at Sports Talk will not provide our opinions one way or another and solely discuss the football ramifications as it currently sits. So, Cooper, it's looking like this is going to be um, going well into the offseason and may, may make it where the team can't trade him in just the fact that they might be getting lowballed by other organizations right now, in trade uh, yeah. trade wise. Yeah, man, uh, it's it's really quite crazy that um, he wants out of Houston. So this is all happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know, but like you said, we're gonna we're gonna kind of keep our opinions to ourselves and stay stay neutral in this zone and try and. And, uh, yeah, try and call it <laughs> right. the best we can. Yeah, kind of plays by ear. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a touchy subject. It is. Uh, we don't want to discredit any of the allegations whatsoever by the 22 women um, that are accusing Watson. We also don't want to throw Watson under the bus because he de- he has the right to a trial. So it's, it is what it is at that point. We're not going to justify it or unjustify it in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Hopefully, um, it ends up resolved for all parties involved in a manner that gets on. We can move on from it and then figure out what's going to happen football wise when it comes to the Houston yeah, Texans. It's a, it's it's a. Whew. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> so, head coach Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears will resume play calling duties for the offense starting this upcoming season. For a small portion of last season, Nagy was pl- uh, gave the play and calling to duties to o- offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. Uh, the team struggled to find a consistent rhythm until the last three weeks of the season that bolstered them to an 8-8 eight eight record and f- a wildcard berth in the playoffs. Nagy has also expressed enthusiasm in the team's acquisition of quarterback Andy Dalton, who will be the team starter with quarterback Nick Foles as his backup. As we discussed recently, for, uh, former starting quarterback and number two overall pick, Mitch Trubisky, went to Buffalo to back up Josh Allen. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Matt Nagy resuming play-calling duties for the offense in Chicago. We'll see what happens with it. Um, I still don't know if Andy Dalton is the right fit for the Bears. I really don't think he is. I don't. I don't get this at all. I really don't, other than... Maybe the organization is saying, hey, let's fall flat on our face so we can get a number one pick next year. Or maybe. Um, but I don't know. They seem like they have confidence in him. So we'll see what happens with it. I, To me, I'm really just like dumbfounded with this whole debacle. Yeah. So It's been a mess in Chicago. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, he's... It wasn't all his fault, dude. No, it really and, wasn't. Uh, and you can say what you want, but I think it has to do more with the coaching than anything. Like Nick Foles, dude. Nick Foles is a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's just ridden by injury and uh, maybe a team that just that doesn't want to, to fully put him at the top of their, you know, mm-hmm. 
flatter. So I don't know, man. It just for me, this whole quarterback situation in Chicago is just it's it's messed up. Yeah, it's been very odd to uh, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think switching up the coaching is gonna do any of these guys any better. Right. Because you know you, you got to learn the playbook. You got to learn this. You got to do this. You got to do that. And you know Nick Foles. If if you have him starting, he might still retain some of what you guys have done. But if you guys are totally switching it up and then bringing a whole new quarterback in, it's like what? Yeah. So right. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be interesting in Chicago to say the least. Yeah. All right, so the sister of the Los Angeles Chargers owner, Dean Spanos, is petitioning the courts for him to sell the team. She states that the trust fund that the team is under is currently sitting at a $350 million loss. That number is expected to increase, and the family trust also cannot provide the monetary promises for charities um, that it has. Uh, Dean Spanos has stated that him and the other siblings are willing to buy out his sister if she no longer wants ownership stake in the team, but believes that the team's worth will eventually bounce back. Dean Spanos is holding on to the premise that being in Los Angeles will increase the team's revenues, which took a major hit this past season with the pandemic forced fans to stay away from games in all of California, not just L.A. If the sister gets her desired outcome, though, billionaire Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, is expected to make a bid for the team. So, Cooper, what do you think of my possible good news? (laughs) Um... Yeah, I don't know what they expected, dude. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were disgruntled by the way they went about getting an L.A. period. So uh, I was one of those. You know, um, I think that uh, there's some trouble in that. There's some troubled waters in that family, and we'll see what happens. And uh, hopefully, they'll. Hopefully, they will sell. And we'll see them maybe go back to San Diego or do something different. Yeah, the and she's right about the uh, the losses. It's currently sitting at three hundred fifty. I don't know if he's going to make up enough because one, he's already second in LA towards to the Rams. The Rams were there for a year prior. Um, even though, yeah, he doesn't have to pay rent in the stadium, or technically he doesn't, but technically he does. To Stan Kroenke, it's only a dollar a year. It's so stupid. <laughs> Break that down <laughs> to how much he actually pays um, per month. Uh, but not only that, they had to pay $650 million to move from San Diego up to Los Angeles. Now, they're paying that out over a 30-year uh, playing with the NFL, but still, that means you got to make up the fact that you're paying that much money per year because you're already starting out the league year in a negative when it comes to that. When it comes to your uh, losses, yeah. So they got to. He's really got to start figuring things out in that aspect. Yeah. So basically, that is twenty one million six hundred sixty six thousand six hundred sixty six dollars and sixty seven cents per bro. year. That's too many sixes there. Well, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, though. So you're already starting out at nearly $22 million in the yeah, hole. Yeah, man. This is kind of like when we when we start a franchise on Madden. You don't want none of that crap. So Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's time to sell. Time to call it quits. You've done proven you can't, you can't survive in L.A. 
you were so, doing great in LA and you were you were it sounds like they weren't doing very well in San Diego honestly either yeah. which is why they couldn't come to an agreement with the with the uh, city and the county to come up with a way to get a new stadium and then that's uh, well we'll just move to Los Angeles and again this is what puzzles me with the NFL is like if you kind of knew that they were struggling so much in San Diego and you knew they were going to have to pay a relocation fee of $650 million over a 30-year plan, a 30-year plan, th- that should tell you right there that maybe you need to start looking at them and go, you might want to consider just go ahead and selling your team. Yeah. I know they can't really sit there and force him because he hasn't like broken any bylaws or anything within the league agreement between the owner all owners but it just me it if you put the pressure on him enough to go hey man you, you gotta sell you're not you're treading water as it is and we know you're not really going to be able to afford three six hundred fifty million dollars over a 30-year span we can say we won't well they can say what they want about the pandemic yeah but they were the second team to come into L.A., the way they came into L.A. was off of some whiny-ass bullshit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people aren't going aren't gonna to support that, especially when San Diego was their home, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, sure, they were struggling, but I'll tell you what, I put a sale jersey on any day. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Junior Seo. There's a lot of great uh, Lance Allworth. A lot of great Dan Fouts, of course. We we love Dan Fouts from yeah. Oregon. You know, it's just it's just puzzling to sit there and be like, as another owner, I'm just sitting here as a fan. But if I was another billionaire owner, I'm like, this guy's making our ownership group look really bad, and we're sitting here allowing this. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just I don't know. Maybe they'll get lucky and they can. The court system will um, have to side with his sister, and they'll have to sell. And hopefully, besides just billionaire Jeff Bezos, that some other billionaire will, of course, be able to help. I mean, because and I hate to say this and to be so, so kind of cruel, even though it doesn't hurt my feelings one way or another. When Cronky had to move from St. Louis back to Los Angeles and pay the $650 million relocation fee. He paid it up front. That should tell you right then and there. And he, I guess what I, it's just weird because you, you're, obviously you're struggling if you have to take the 30-year loan where the where Kroenke went, uh, uh, here, here's $650 million. By the way, I'm also paying for that stadium. By the way, you're forcing me to only charge him a dollar a year in rent. That, that all just sounded like it was really... Sounded like the dude know what he's doing. It, well, it sounded like the NFL just allowed him to get away with being a crybaby. Again. Yeah. I hate beating this dead horse, but, I mean, jeez. I'm sorry, Char- I'm And I'm sorry to the Chargers fan base, whether you're in a Los Angeles Charger fan in L.A. and you happy they moved in, or if you're a former Charger fan from San Diego and you're no longer because you decided to be a different... Or you just stuck with the team because, well, they're the Chargers and you always love them. And just because the ownership sucks doesn't mean you're just going to give up on the. Um, no, we're not saying it all. It's just it, the, I just the, feel the bad for them. Chargers aren't, you know, they are prestigious in their own right. Mm-hmm. But 
whatever's going on with this ownership right now, they need to they need to figure the hell out. Yeah, they owe it to their fans, and they owe it to the city of Los Angeles if they end up staying. Because the Rams are the Rams are at least trying. I'll give the Rams credit there. We moved. We made all this money. We, I mean, we made all these deals to work it out, and we're trying to build a championship. It just doesn't seem like. I mean, the Chargers are trying on the field, but off the field, it doesn't seem like they're building a an outstanding organization. When you look at it from the outside, yeah. On the field, well, it products, looks like they ain't got money to. So then there's that. All right, so um, we're gonna move on before I start having another conniption fit. Over <laughs> All right, so pending, depending on how well things are going with the pandemic, uh, the Atlanta Falcons will be the team to host a London game this year for the NFL. This always seems to be a disadvantage to the host team who loses a home game and would only have seven home games rather than eight. Well, now with the additional 17th game this season, it has become even more unfair to the Falcons as they not only have one less home game, but they also have nine road games. Therefore, they will now play ten games away from Atlanta this season. The NFL appears to be hurting the team in this manner as they're already taking away taking a revenue hit coming from the pandemic this past season, but now have a team lose a home game when they already have nine road games is just unjust. Now, Pablo Torre of ESPN has stated probably the best solution to the 17-game season when it comes to playing abroad. Have all teams play an international game where it balances out their schedules to have eight home games, eight road games, and the international game. And provide the teams an extra bye week for doing so. This would give the NFL an international game every week. And provides them an opportunity to do more locales internationally. They are supposed to eventually do games in China as well as Mexico and, and of course London. They could also add places like Australia, Japan, Germany, France, Italy, Ireland, just to name a few. So Cooper, your thoughts first on the unfairness for the Atlanta Falcons now having to play 7 home games and 10 games outside Atlanta. And then what you think of Pablo Torre's solution to the unbalanced schedule that it is now. Well, I mean, we, we all know the home field advantage. So, yes, they're already at a disadvantage with that. And with this pandemic and the effect it's had on major cities, especially like Atlanta, dude, mm-hmm. where your bills are probably higher than most. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's it's a hit to the franchise, dude, and I don't think the NFL has really thought about this. I think they're just thinking of outside of the box things without right. taking a deeper look into the situation. Right, they're thinking about the monetary gains that they're going to get revenue wise by broadening the game's horizon in a global fashion. Which I can understand. Yeah. But you're hurting the team that has revenue coming from their home stadium by playing one less game. Now, not only that, on top of that, you have an unbalanced schedule. So some years you're going to be playing nine road games. And now you're going to take away their home eighth home game that they're in this unbalanced by making it seven. And now they're playing ten outside of their home. And because they're losing a home game, more than likely one of the teams they're playing is going to actually get bounced back by gaining back a, a road game where it's now, well, I'm just playing a neutral site, so I'm looking at it as my schedule is now 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one, instead of 8-9, and nine, Yeah, which is a bummer. Which is why when I tie in now the Pablo Torres idea of every 
extra game be an international game, all 17 weeks, now you have an extra, an international game every week. Give them the extra bye week. So first week, obviously, you wouldn't get a bye week before you go play overseas. But that week two, you would have a bye week. Then you start playing regular games on at the United in the United States, and then you'd have one more bye, obviously. And then it would just change. So if you were week two, you'd probably have a week one bye. Or you could, well, actually, you'd probably still probably like, it depends on also where you play too. Because if you're playing in the Far East, say China, Japan, Australia, you're going to have a lot more travel. So you probably would need a bye week prior to going there and you might also need one on the way back so i mean it logistic lot wise if you're keeping it london and mexico and probably the uk obviously ireland uh you could probably get away with it a little bit with france and germany because you're not traveling as far but you know i, I kind of see where he's saying it balances out you're going to get eight at home eight on the road and one international yeah where it's then it's a balance you're not losing a home game you're also not gaining a home game. You're also not gaining a road game. Yeah, so it's hopefully a we'll balance. see if the NFL will take a look at the situation and maybe rectify it. Hopefully. And then also, then you can probably get the players to be more on board with 17, a little bit more. Then also then you, the owners might like not to even want to go to excuse me, 18 games because now you got the international game, which is, makes it a perfectly balanced schedule. You're 8, 8 and you're still eight and eight, road home, and then a ro- and then an international game that you have to play. Whoop de doo. Yeah. If you want, you can kind of treat it like if you're a team that says your international game's week one, you can almost still treat it like a preseason game, honestly. Yeah, because they already said they're dropping a, one of the preseason games, so it's going to be three preseason games this year, and then seventeen games. So if like if you went with Pablo Torres and you're like one of the team one of the two teams that got lucky and got week one, you can still technically kind of keep that game more like, hey, it's a mindset. We're going to do a preseason game with this international game. We'll probably pull our starters. You'll probably try to contact the opposing team, get an agreement, because you also don't want to get flipping slaughtered. Oh, yeah. By Because they went, well, you know what? No, we're, we're not going to pull our starters. You pull your starters if you want to, but we're going to kick your butt. <laughs> Try to have a gentleman's agreement that we'll pull our starters after a few series and try to tr- still treat it like a preseason game so you don't injure anybody. And then, because then you come back, you'd have your bye week in week two, and then you start your regular season. Yeah. In your own mind. So it might end up being a beneficiary that way. The only thing I could see where it kind of would be a little bit of a problem with Pablo Torres' thing is that last game of the year when you're international trying to play for a playoff seeding and then have to, if you have to play, if you're not going to have that first week bye week, because, you know, we have the seven teams in each round. Oh, yeah. So only one bye week for, only the one bye week is for the first seed. So if you had an international game and then you have to fly either back to and go somewhere on the road or back, even back home, it's going to suck. Oh, yeah. That's going to be the only kind of problem. though. So they'll have to actually figure out the logistics. They might actually really need to, if they end up doing that, you would actually have to force an actual bye week. So then that gives the team that won the first seed will actually have two weeks off. So, I mean, you're really going to have to work on the logistics with that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Otherwise, you could do multiple weeks or multiple games, and that way you can kind of, you know, interna- multiple international games yeah. 
to still balance it out, and that way you don't have to slam week one, week seven, or week now eighteen in there. So yeah, we'll see what happens with it, man. Yeah, we'll definitely see what happens. I wore myself out, and I still got to do my theory. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dang it, Pablo! I appreciate you, Pablo Torre. You're at least thinking outside the box a little bit better than the NFL's thought. Thinking outside the box. So, my theory. This stems a little bit from what happened in 2011. In 2011, the CBA contract negotiations between the Pillars Association and the ownership group of the NFL were thinking of figuring out a way to uh, stra- uh, well decelerate the pay for rookies at the time. As we all know, in 2010, the Rams drafted Sam Bradford first overall in the NFL draft. Gave him a $50 million signing bonus. And he hadn't played it down in the NFL. Needless to say, that didn't go over very well between ownership and players. And also the fact that a rookie shouldn't be making that much money for not playing even a snap in the NFL yet. Exactly. So, they came up with the rookie wage scale, which unfortunately for Cam Newton sucked for him because he was the first one (laughs) to be feeling the effects of it, which didn't bother me too much because I didn't care for Cam Newton either at the time. So, since he beat my Ducks in the national championship game. We have a thing for cheaters. Yeah, we have a thing against cheaters. Yeah. Anyways, so, needless to say, so, the rookie wage scale is now set up for, it's slotted by pick, so... You're not supposed to make a certain amount. You do get a fifth-year option fully guaranteed, and it's usually almost pretty much half of what you made the first four years. All guaranteed. Well, that's not bad. It's a good little bonus for you if they pick up your fifth option. Well, an article came out that stated an NFL team, if their quarterback makes 14% more, 14% or more, of a team's salary cap, that team not only struggles to make the playoffs, but is unlikely to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's bad, dude. Yeah, so quarterbacks are looking at, hey, I got to get through the salary cap scale wage for my rookie contract, get to that year, and then watch my contract go, wee! Obviously, we saw that happen with Patrick Mahomes. We saw that also happen with Carson Wentz, and look what happened there. We saw that with Jared Goff. Look what happened there. So it hasn't been pretty. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes might be worth it. We don't know. We're hoping he is. But at the same time, basically the injury bug is what's only going to determine whether or not he ends up truly end up being worth that. So far, yes. But we'll, we'll find out for sure. Um, so basically what I'm looking at this, at some point, There's going to be a team or teams that will go to their quarterback right before they do a contract extension and go, listen here, dude. We want you to take Tom Brady type deals. Basically, we're going to not pay you top of the line quarterbacking so that way we can keep a team around you and win Super Bowls. They're gonna try. They're gonna try to do it nicely. Of course, they're gonna be like, because say it is Los Angeles. Say it's the Rams, and it's not Matthew Stafford. Ends up being a rookie. We get down the road, we draft it, and we go to him later. You're in Los Angeles, man. You got 
opportunities galore to make money off the field with all the endorsements. Not only that, but if you're if you're mm-hmm. you know a Super Bowl winning team or whatever, even that next year if you don't do great, mm-hmm. you can you can do commercials, do all sorts of like you know yeah like shoe commercials, all mm-hmm. sorts of crazy stuff that will make up for that money right. that you. Uh, are missing out on All right, but then if you decide to be no, I play, I work, I put outperform my contract or whatever you want to feel that makes you think you earn top of the line dollar amount of money. I believe at some point either a team or teams will go ahead and go. All right, well, just so you know, you're gonna run out on. We're gonna run your contract all the way through as it is. We may or may not pick up your fifth year option. And we'll either look to trade you or release you when it won't cost us anything to do so. And we're just going to draft a new quarterback. Now I'm going to have... I know I'm going to have backlash on this. And I'm going to say why I think this will still work. Say you're a team. You traded up. You had to trade up to get your quarterback of the future. Quote, unquote, future. You had to give up your first round pick that year that you were get moved from trading up from to that top end of the draft to get your quarterback. You have, of course, to give up a first rounder the next year, and more than likely you have to give up a first rounder the following year. So you gave up three first round picks, probably a second or a third, depending on how far you had to move. Your rookie deal is four years already, plus the fifth year option. If you get past the first three years, you're on that fourth year already. You're already got that draft pick back, or you're back at a draft at that point. You can either not pick up his option, hope you kind of don't do so well, and you can try to trade back up again. You can just play that game. And basically then you're just setting up a college kind of recruitment system where you're actually having to draft because you don't get to actually just go, hey, you're coming to me because I'm promising you this, that, and the other, what it does with recruiting like they do in college, but you still have to worry about other teams getting that guy in front of you because of the draft. What I'm just saying is as long as you don't give up, say, six years worth of first-round picks, then you should be able to then just turn, go to him and go, look, I've got a first-round pick coming up, and I will tear this team apart to tank and get me another quarterback to replace you if you have to play hardball. You can go that route, and I will do it. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I really totally agree with this. Um, only for the sole fact that you see these quarterbacks get these big-ass contracts and and they never live up to it. It's like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, seriously, oh, man, like the whole Bradford thing, it was, oh, man. Yeah, that was terrible for me to watch, and I knew he wasn't worth it. I was like, if I'm going to pay $50 million guaranteed, at least and give me a Dominican Sue. He was injury-ridden, dude, and just... Oh, yeah. And shitty as hell on the field. Yeah. So... So, yeah, so that... That's where it's really going to end up possibly going down. A lot of people actually thought that was actually what the Rams' plan was going to be because they already kind of sensed that there wasn't a good um, relationship between McVay and um, golf as it was. But then golf led him to a Super Bowl, and it seemed to be everything seemed to be all peachy, which then in turn led to his contract extension. And then, of course, him failing to live up to expectations 
in McVeigh's eyes, then forced him out. So this is where I'm thinking we're going to end up being at some point where you're going to be looking at teams will see the opportunity will be there to just go ahead and try to play the odds on just telling the quarterback, either do what Tom Brady did for 20 years or we'll we'll move on from you. Because there's either going to be a team that I mean, will want you. Look at Tom Brady. They consider him what the goat. Yeah. I mean, and he did that. Yeah, he, he took the pay cut. He took pay cuts in in New He took pay cuts this year. He extended his contract with automatic cancellation op year options that are already already canceled. Lowered his money for the salary cap purposes. Got paid up front, so he's already. I mean, and like you and I, you and I are both. Big Tom Brady haters. Oh, yes. But for that fact, he's a smart man because Mm -hmm. he knew what he was doing when he was doing it. Because you know you're going to build a team around you, Mm -hmm. which will in turn make you look better. Yes. And for anybody who sits there and gives me about the Giselle thing, he was doing these contracts before he got with Giselle Bündchen who we all know is richer than he is because of her modeling career, but he was doing this contract negotiation stuff with Belichick before Giselle Bündchen. So guess what? You're failing on you're falling on deaf ears with that one too because that's not it is what it is with that one. It ain't happening with us there either. He was doing it prior to her, so. You can't sit there and go, well, he doesn't need the money because of Giselle. No, he didn't need the money because he was making good business decisions because he knew, I am the face of a dynasty in New England. That means my endorsements were through the roof. There was a time, what was it, about 2006 through about 2012, almost every other commercial that had a national brand almost seemed like it had Tom Brady featured in it in some way or another. Yeah, and his jersey sales were through the roof. Yeah, and he was always ranked number one in jersey sales. And I'm like, my God, this guy's a cheater and they don't care. <laughs> and he almost always leads the league in jersey sales. So that just tells you a lot about what he did. He's a smart businessman. I'll give him credit for that. Do I think all seven of his championships are legit? Hell no. And you'll never convince me otherwise. But business-wise... He is very business savvy, and he did the smart thing to make sure that they could build a team around him. Of course, did Belichick get stupid those last couple of years? Yes, he did. He thought it was him and his system, not the quarterback. We found out it really actually was the quarterback. Tom Brady did prove that. Yeah, and kind of kind of proved us wrong a little bit, too. A little bit, but I still don't think any of those... Well. I think only two of those championships are actually legit. The other five, I don't think are legit. And I'm not counting the last one as legit either, so. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. There was a lot of BS calls on the Kansas City defense. There was. And the fact that the the female referee, her son, was named after Tom Brady, that's not, that's not bias at all. I'm the least bit, I guess. All right. <laughs> So that's my theory. Will it happen? It may not happen. But I also called that the rookie wage scale or something in that matter was going to happen. And I was right. So, could I be right now? We'll see. I'll give it about five years. If it's not looking anything like that in the next five years, then I was wrong. 
But don't say I didn't warn you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, he, man. He usually is pretty right. It is. It's crazy playing video games with you and seeing you do this dynasty where you'll bring people over and do all sorts of crazy shit and then eventually somehow in real life they end up making it happen and and they right. end up on your teams. I'm like, right. how is this possible? Like, dude, you should be like a guru. <laughs> Sometimes Cooper thinks I'm a sports savant. <laughs> you are. <laughs> well... Sometimes it's, it yeah it gets really weird too. I've done it uh, with the MLB The Show. I've done it with Madden, and I've done it with NBA Two K. It gets a little creepy sometimes. I'm like, hey, I used to play with him on my team, and now he's on my team. Yeah, weird. Makes you yeah. <laughs> like Anthony Davis, yeah. LeBron James, I actually one time I actually he was a free agent on the video game, and I said sure why not, and he came, and I went, huh. Weird. <laughs> wonder if that's gonna. Wonder what that would be like in real life. Oh wait, I already know. <laughs> yep. All right. You got anything else to add, buddy? Nope. I'm good to go. Just remember, we're not doing uh, Wrestle Talk this weekend. We will be doing it next weekend due to the fact that we have a two-day event. Two-day WrestleMania event. So excited. Looking forward so to it. So tune into that for sure. Yes. Next Saturday. A week from this Saturday. Excuse me. But be sure to tune in, of course, Thursday because we still got Worldwide Sports Talk. Oh, yes. And, of course, don't forget to check out Ball Night on Sundays because guess what? We will still post. Well, actually, it'll probably be Monday because of the pay-per-view. So it'll be Monday. But we will be talking basketball and baseball. And we already had a trade this season. Ooh. And it was the evil empire. Oy. And not your former evil empire that yeah. you're now considering them to no, be. No, I know who the evil empire is when you say the evil empire. <laughs> yes, the Yankees have made a trade. Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be discussing that on Monday. And, of course, next Tuesday we'll bring you again NASCAR and football talk. And the reason why we didn't do NASCAR was because they were off this Easter Sunday. So, there you go. That's why we didn't do it then. Yep. All right. So, I think that does it. I'm good. That's all the household items we have to cover. (laughs) Yeah, in-house. We're done. All right. So, that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And, as always, keep keep on on talking sports. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.